Hello and welcome to When Passion Meets Profit. This is a podcast dedicated to real life stories told by ordinary people. And you know what they did? They discovered their passion and then they learned they could make a very good living, a great living actually, using the talents and skills that they came into this world with. I'm Patricia Noldrain. I'm your host for this podcast. So let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the podcast, When Passion Meets Profit. Our series this month is, What Should I Be When I Grow Up? And I'll bet if you're listening today, you have said that at some time in your life. I'm Patricia Noldrain. I'm the author of What Should I Be When I Grow Up? But now I haven't asked 40, 50, 60, and beyond. Because people don't know, because we were never helped along the way. And so it's not our fault, but it's our fault as we don't find out what to be when we grow up. And you keep challenging that, struggling with that. That is a struggle. Now, I love the people that I've been interviewing because they're real life people, ordinary people doing wonderful things out there in the world, with no exception of who I have on today. Now, not only is April somebody that I like so much, but she's also my producer, my director, my manager. She's all those things to me. And so I'm anxious for you to meet her. And I'm not going to do any kind of a summary of her life or her bio. I don't like doing that. I think it takes away from this first question I love to ask everybody. And so, April, I welcome you to the call. Thank you so much. I am so happy and excited to be here. Yeah, you're just a wonderful girl. And, and she's so talented. If you don't know April, is it April Harris on Facebook and Instagram? On Facebook and Instagram, it's virtually April Michelle. So April Michelle, it's my first and middle name. but my legal name is April Harris. <laughs> all right, April Michelle, because she is a comedian. Under all the other stuff, she's a comedian. I didn't know it about her, but she is. Now, April, I think this is, I don't think it's an easy question, but I always like giving it to people ahead of time so they can at least think about it. But tell us about you and your personality when you were a little girl, a much, a much younger you. Yeah, no, I, I love that question. So when I was a little girl, I'm not an only child, but I was basically raised as an only child. And even though I play really well with others, I also play really well by myself. And I always had just a big imagination. I loved just to pretend. And, you know, if I was playing store, I'd be the cashier, I'd be the bagger, and I'd be the the customer too. <laughs> I always had just a, a really big imagination. And yeah, and, and I feel like I've I've kind of carried that, you know, into adulthood as well. But as a kid, I loved playing outside. I really feel like ever since I was young, I've always been like a multi-passionate person. Nothing tends to keep my attention for very long. It's like I would I would learn something new. I would start a new project or a new hobby. And once I felt like, okay, I'm proficient at that. Now I'm moving on to the next thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I would never actually stick with anything long enough to to become an expert at it, really. But I always had so many interests. I just always felt like there was never enough time to to do and learn everything that I wanted to learn and master. So I feel very much so like I've I've always kind of been one of those, you know, Jill of all trades and master mm-hmm. of none. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know if that's if that's a really fun place to be because I know a lot of multi-passionate people that really they it really is the I see a squirrel syndrome and they see uh-huh. a squirrel and they're gone. <laughs> yes. And I've done it myself for sure, but I'm not I'm not as diverse as you. And I'm just wondering, has that bothered you throughout your life or or you've loved it? I 
feel like it's a good thing because, well, for one, I really feel like I can kind of find something in common with anybody because I do have so many different interests. And, you know, I feel like I can talk to anybody and people interest me, too. I love, you know, I just I love learning. But I would say the only thing that's probably made it difficult is because I I do kind of feel like, you know what, I'm not really good at any one thing. I feel like I'm decent at a lot of things. But personally, I've never felt like I've been an expert, you know, in in any one area or any one Mm -hmm. thing. So that actually has made it a little bit difficult for me, I think, just in the entrepreneurial world and starting my own business, like with imposter syndrome and things like that. Like, I kind of feel like, you know, oh, I need I need to become perfect at this before I can Mm -hmm. teach this or I need to be, you know, an expert at this before I can teach someone else or, or make money doing this. So that's been one challenge. But for the most part, it has its drawbacks, but it also has its advantages, too. Yeah, I think that's great, April, that you embrace that. I know so many people, not only do they not embrace it, they're mad about it all the time because they're all over the place learning all kinds of different things. But you have embraced it and made it work for you. So I love that part. Thank you. Now, do you remember, uh, April, the first time you thought about your future? I I mean, I for me, I, I have to go back to high school. That's the only time I ever paid attention to my future and possibly said to yourself, oh, crap, now what am I going to be when I grow up? Oh, definitely. And again, because I've always been such a multi-passionate person, the idea of having to figure out, you know, what I wanted Mm -hmm. to do for the rest of my life, it really just frustrated me. It scared me because... I was like, there's not any one thing that I want to do. Like, I want to do everything. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so it was really, really difficult. And also, you know, at the age when you're 18 and you have to figure out, you know, make a a distinct decision about, you know, if you're going to go to college and what you're going to study in and major in. And that's, I feel for me, that was kind of a a young age to figure out because I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I, so at the time, I decided, well, I'll go into healthcare, you know, because it's there's a need and I guess I could be good at it. And but it wasn't really my passion. And, mm-hmm. you know, so I started going to school and I took out a loan and I got into my first semester and I realized really quickly, like, oh, this is not what I want to do. So yeah. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I I knew what I didn't want to do. <laughs> so yeah. I felt like it, it took me quite a few years to figure out and to really find exactly what it is that I wanted to do. Yeah, and I hope the people listening, you know, April, I just interviewed some Generation Zs, and I, you know, they're they're 10 years old to 25 now. <laughs> and I, it was really so fun to talk with these girls because one's in college, one's graduating from high school, and they did think they had to choose this one thing, and by God, you're going to stick to that, and that's for the rest of your life. And they're beside themselves wondering what that's going to be. And so you said it so beautifully. Here you are, multi-passionate, and, and all of a sudden you're, you're asked to choose this one thing, and you know immediately that wasn't it. I did the same thing. Yeah, it's stressful. Yeah. <laughs> it's very stressful. It is. Well, so April, did you find your passion eventually, and, and now are you living it today? So I can sincerely say yes and yes, and I am just so lit up with the career path that I'm on now. And it's honestly, it it really wasn't what I, what I thought I was going to be doing. I don't know why, but I realized over the years, things that have never changed about me. So even though I, I am a multi-passionate person, something that's always been consistent 
about myself is that I'm a cheerleader and I love to cheer people on. I love to encourage them. I love to teach them. I like to listen to people. I like to make them feel heard and important. And that's always been something that I've that I've done, you know, even from from a young age. And so now I am actually a virtual assistant. I have my own business uh, doing that. And I work with private clients in that way. And honestly, if I have to say, I, I'm, I'm pretty good at it. Mm-hmm. But my passion really is with those who have autoimmune diseases and chronic illnesses. So when I was 20 years old, I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. And it really took my life in a different, in a different path than what I, what I had ever anticipated or expected, but I realized that this path that I've been set on has really led me to find my passion and what I really love to do. So what I do now is in addition to working with my own private clients as a virtual assistant, I teach other autoimmune and chronic illness warriors how to build their own profitable and flexible business from home as a VA. I love, like I said, working with those in the autoimmune community And I actually did some schooling to become a holistic health practitioner. I'm an autoimmune paleo nutrition coach certified. So I've dabbled in a lot of different things, but I realized that this was another way that I could help support those in in my community to kind of take their power back and to put themselves back in the driver's seat of their lives. Here's the thing. Living with a chronic illness is expensive. And when you have a chronic illness, you often are not able to work outside of the home. If your health does allow you to do so, oftentimes you use up all of your energy just to be able to work. And when you get home, you have no no time or energy left for yourself or your family. And then you have to get back up the next day and do it all over again. And so what I love to do is I love to empower others who have autoimmune or chronic illnesses to be able to build a life that works with their health and not against it. So that's what I'm doing today. And I absolutely love it. I mean, you couldn't have nailed something more perfect. I'm really relating back to what you said. As a little girl, always your whole life, you've been a cheerleader and encourager. And that's exactly the role you just stepped into helping these people. Thank you. And I, I, I absolutely love it. Yeah, I don't blame you. And especially walking into that role now of, of encouraging somebody, but now they have a disease they also have to work with. And like you said, the, it's expensive. They have to learn how to make money working from home or doing something else because they can't be out. I, I mean, I can't imagine. Can you have colitis, April, and literally work eight to six every day? It can be done. Whenever a person is in remission, which is basically just a period of where the disease is inactive, you can quote unquote, live a normal life. You know, you can do, you can do anything, you can work, but the only thing with having a chronic illness is that it's, it's unpredictable. And you go through periods where you have flare-ups, where your disease is active. And in those moments, that's where it becomes very, very difficult to work. And I just remember when I was first diagnosed, I was off of work for six months unexpectedly because I was in and out of the hospital. And then when I was out of the hospital, I was still recovering. I was too weak, you know, to to really work. And in that time, I think I probably racked up over twenty or thirty thousand dollars of medical oh, debt. Wow. So you know, it's just it's a multi layered problem whenever you live with a chronic illness. So yeah, so there's people out there who have chronic illnesses, even have what I have, and they're 
they are working. They're they're pilots and they're, you know, doctors and they're yes. <laughs> lawyers and you name it. So it it doesn't have to limit you, but there are many of us that, you know, we don't have that luxury. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so we have to have something that's a little bit more flexible, something that's less stressful and something that allows us to really be able to take as many sick days as we need. And yeah, we don't have to worry about asking, you know, our employer for that. Well, you know, I, as you're talking about this, I just think it's such a beautiful thing that you're doing to teach somebody how to be a virtual assistant work at home if they, in fact, have a chronic disease. Now, if I do not have a disease, I could still be part of your program, couldn't I? Oh, of course. Yes. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, because I, I know there's people listening right now and they haven't been diagnosed with something, but I know they want to work at home. I've never seen a time in my life anyway where I have seen so many women who refuse to go back, suit up and go into that office. They don't want to do it anymore. I don't blame them. And, you know, the the interesting thing is that really since COVID, you know, the world has changed. It has gone virtual. Mm-hmm. And so many people that I talked to beforehand, those who who do have chronic illnesses, they've been asking and begging their employers for, you know, work from home options for years. And it's been denied. Yes. And since COVID, mm-hmm. you know, they've had to pivot online. They've had to pivot. Right. They've had to come up with work from home solutions. And I love being able to empower, you know, my students to tell them, listen, you don't have to wait for your boss to give this to you. You can make it happen for yourself now. Mm-hmm. Yep. And because the world, you know, has changed, it's it's actually changed in our favor for once. And, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. we can we can use that to our advantage. Well, April, one of the things I'm so excited to announce to this group of people is the book that you're working on right now. So tell us about that book. Okay, so my book, it is for a very niche audience, I have to say. So as I mentioned, I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis when I was 20 years old. And for those who are not familiar with that, it's an inflammatory bowel disease. It's an autoimmune disease where basically my body attacks my colon and it causes ulcers, a whole host of other horrible side effects and symptoms. And I was really scared to talk about it for a long time because, mm-hmm. quite frankly, it's embarrassing. You know, the, the type of things that you deal with when you have an inflammatory bowel disease are things that people don't normally talk about on a regular basis. You know, it's considered bad etiquette, you know, to talk about your bathroom habits with just anybody. Whenever I was first diagnosed, that was 14 years ago, and it was before the age of, you know, really social media. And nowadays you see people who are who are out and loud and proud, you know, talking about their their illness or, you know, advocating in that way. But whenever I was first diagnosed, that just didn't happen. You know, it was very isolating. It was very lonely. And I literally felt like the only person that had something like that and to be young and to have something like that. So mm-hmm. over the years, I have become a lot more outspoken and a lot more confident in talking about what I live with on, on a daily basis. And since I've done that, so on social media, I talk a lot about life with inflammatory bowel disease and, and chronic illness. And I've had so many people that have reached out to me. And there's one young girl who she reached out to me two years ago. And she said, I just want to let you know that I was just diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. And, you know, it, I thought it was just the worst thing ever, but I, I saw your page and I saw your posts and it's just so encouraging to me. And, oh, you know, thank wonderful. you for being open and talking about this. And so it's, oh. it's stories like hers that make me 
realize like this is something that we need to talk about more. And so my book is actually called I Pooped My Pants. (laughs) And the tagline is removing the stigma of inflammatory bowel disease, one trashed pair of underwear at a time. Oh, that's so good. (laughs) And the whole reason why I decided to write this book is because it's it's real life. It's something that Mm -hmm. I've dealt with. and, And I actually got the inspiration to write it last year when I literally had an accident in a public place at a coffee shop and I had pooped my pants and I was in the bathroom and I was trying to clean up and I couldn't help but laugh at myself. And I'm like, this is so ridiculous. Like <laughs> someone needs to write a book about this, you know, and just about mm-hmm. the things that we we live with on a daily basis when you have inflammatory bowel disease. And then I actually connected with you, Patricia. I just I love your encouragement as well, because you're like, well, why not you? Why can't you right. be the one <laughs> to right. write this story and to tell this story? And So that's where we are today. And I'm so excited because I'm basically writing the book that I wish I would have had when Mm -hmm. I was first diagnosed. That's right. And I'm telling the stories and sharing the stories of others who are dealing with with what I live with as well for those ones who are dealing with this and who are feeling embarrassed and and lonely and isolated for them to realize that, you know, you're not alone. This this happens to all of us. It's a part of the process. And, you know, just maybe one day you might laugh about this. You don't feel it right now, (laughs) but you might laugh about this one day. And then you can use your story and your experience to help inspire and, and encourage others who are coming behind you. That's right. I'm really enjoying this episode. But you know what? I wanted to take a moment to talk to you, especially to you if you're ready to take this one precious life that we've all been given, but you're ready to take it seriously. If that's you, then pay attention. You know, I'm, I owned an executive recruiting firm in Phoenix, Arizona, oh my gosh, for years. And I interviewed hundreds, maybe even thousands of people during that time. And I was asked the same two questions over and over. One, what should I be when I grow up, Patricia? And then they'd just look at me and say, I know I, I'm older now, but I'm so nervous now. It was so sad to me. And then the next question, Patricia, I need to find a niche. I need to specialize. Do you think you could help me? And the answer is, yes, I can help. Because it's very sad to me that our school system can never help us with this very important piece of our life. That's called our career. They have to do other things. But I knew that I could help. So I started doing workshops and books and counseling. And guess what? I discovered that people didn't want to do it the way I thought it should be done. Here's what they wanted. They wanted four things as I started working with them. They wanted to do it on their own terms, on their own time, when they wanted to do it. I call that SPL, where you learn it at your own pace, self-paced learning. Number two, they really wanted a community of like-minded people, people that have been where they are, challenged with what they have, and then also got a result. Well, guess what? I started a Facebook group, and it's free, called When Passion Meets Profit. Number three, They were ready to invest, but you know what? They said, nope, only to a certain point. I will not invest in myself if it's not affordable. Okay, check. Number four, they wanted to see a difference. At the end of a program, they wanted to see a difference, a result. Check. Guess what? I met all four of those requirements. I created a 
program called Your Gift is Your Niche. It's downloadable so you can do it at your own pace. So go to Your Gift is Your Niche, N-I-C-H-E dot com. And I want you to read about that and see if it resonates with you. And, and really move fast on this because this is your life. Remember, this one precious life that you're given. And I, for just a short time, I decided maybe, and maybe I'll continue it forever. I really see that it's helpful. I want to create office hours. Once a week, I want to come on live with each one of you. You can ask as many questions as you want. You can literally come on and say, this worked for me. Who knows what you'll say? We all need the tools and techniques. We need to be asked the right questions. And that's what this course is about. So if you're really ready to start maybe a full-time business of your own, I don't know. Maybe you're ready to start a side business alongside your career. But you do know that you're ready to find your passion and you're ready to make a profit with it. Then your gift is your niche is your answer. Let's get back to the podcast. It just warms my heart, really, April, that, that you're stepping out there. And and tell everybody, was this easy for you? I mean, when you started to write the book, did you kind of go, what am I doing? Yes, I did. Uh, yeah. You know, when I first got the idea, I thought, oh, yeah, I was so excited. And then, you know, a few months into writing my book and then that imposter syndrome sets in and I'm thinking, oh, goodness, who am I to do this? What am I? Mm-hmm. What am I who do yep. I think I am? <laughs> you know, but. It's so funny because throughout the process, every person who I've talked to about this book or or those who are sharing their stories in this book, they're like, I am so glad you're doing this. This is something that needs to mm-hmm. exist. Like this yeah. needs to to be written. And I can't wait, you know, to tell people about your book and I can't wait to read it and I can't wait to promote it. And so again, it's not for just anybody. <laughs> But for those who live with this disease or those who love someone who lives with this disease, it's something that that is going to going to help change lives, I hope. Oh, it absolutely will, April. I'm I'm just so proud of you. You know, before I ask this next question, I want to make sure we get you in here. How do people get in touch with you to ask you about the book or maybe get on a wait list to get the book after it's edited and on Amazon and such? And then also, if somebody is really wanting to be a virtual assistant, how do we get in touch with you? Yeah, of course. So I'm very active on social media. And as I mentioned, on Facebook or Instagram, I am virtually April Michelle. And my DMs and inbox is always open. I tell everybody, please send me a message, send me a DM. If you have any questions, I'm an open book. And again, because I am living my passion, because I love what I do, it's not a bother. <laughs> Anybody who ever reaches out to me, like I, I just, I love to support people in this way. So you can always reach out to me on social media. You can also email me. I'm April at virtuallyaprilmichelle.com. And like I said, my inbox is always open. But if you'd like to learn a little bit more about my program or just what I do, I also have a website. It's portal.virtuallyaprilmichelle.com. Say that again portal.virtuallyaprilmichelle.com. Good job. Okay, so here's my last question for you before I give these golden nuggets that you've shared. What advice, April, would you give someone that's really really in a quandary right now? They're saying, what should I be when I grow up? I'm getting nervous now. What would you say to them? Well, I can only speak from my personal experience. But again, when I was deciding what I wanted to do, 
because I had so many different interests, you know, it was hard for me to, to narrow it down. Mm-hmm. But I knew really quickly what I didn't want to do. So I started with that. <laughs> okay. I just kind of started, you know, crossing out the things I knew I didn't want to do. And then I just started focusing on what it was that really lit me up, what it was that I really, what I love to do, what it was that I would do, even if I wasn't getting paid for it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then my business just grew from there and it it happened really organically. And now I realize that I feel the more inspired I feel in my life, you know, the more inspired I feel in my business as well. And Mm -hmm. so one coach had had told me one time, like, you need to be your best client. So what would you tell your clients to do? That's what you need to do. I just started finding what lit me up, what what brought me joy. And then I was able to build a business based off of that. And and I enjoy it every day. Yeah, that's great. Well, one of the things, I thought it was one of the funniest things ever because I finally said to these Generation Z girls, <laughs> I said, what would you do for free? And you could almost hear them gasping on the other side going, I don't think my mom wants me to do anything for free. She just put me through college and I think she wants me to get a job. <laughs> so I don't ask it of those people. Mm-hmm. But it is absolutely positively the right answer, what you said. I have to be careful how I ask it. But if I ask most people, what would you do for free? Because it lights you up so much and gives you so much pleasure. They have to think for a minute, but then they come to a a perfect uh, answer for them. Because what I would do for free is what I'm doing right now. Oh, that's right. I am doing this for free, aren't I? (laughs) Damn, I didn't know. (laughs) Okay, April. Well, I'm going to kind of regurgitate the eight wonderful golden nuggets that you gave. I just took notes as you were talking. And the first one is, if you're multi-passionate, embrace it. And I, I heard that throughout this entire podcast. And I'm so glad you're embracing your multi-passion instead of fighting it. Just go with it. Number two, it isn't necessary to choose one thing for life. All of us are going to change, but you'll discover, I just want to tell the audiences that it kind of has an umbrella over it. Like with April, she wants to help people. She wants to share with people. So she'll always probably be a teacher, but she could be teaching about 20 different subjects as the time goes on. Number three, go back to who you are, who you really are, the core. And with April, she's the cheerleader. She's the encourager. And if she's not in that role, she's probably not going to be lit up. Number four, watch for clues along your career path because they will be given to you all the time. I I guess for me, I just didn't realize that the first clue I had that was just huge for me was when I was walking out of school as a teacher, holding little children's hands and thinking, I can't believe somebody pays me to do this. That's when you know that you're finding your passion. I'm a teacher. I don't teach children anymore, but I do teach adults now. So just pay attention to the clues. And then number five, Choose who you want to work with. I think that was one of the most important things you said, April. You kind of started looking around thinking, well, who do I really want to help? Who do I want to encourage? Who do I want to be their cheerleader? And it became somebody that probably was diagnosed with something similar to you. Good. Good, Good find. Number six, if you have been dealt something you didn't expect, and we all have in life, you know that whole thing about If you get lemons, make lemonade. Well, that's exactly what you're doing. 
exactly, April, what you're doing. Because if you get dealt something, you have to learn how to live with it and make it as much as you possibly can. And that's what you're doing, especially with the book that you're writing. Number seven, this is another favorite thing that you said, because this is what I did have to do to find out what I should be. Discover what you don't want to do. It's a, at least it's a key and it, it moves you in the right direction, you know, that you don't want to do that for sure. Like I did not want to be in a cubicle. And mm -hmm. so that became a really important thing when I was out interviewing. And then the last one, number eight, be your best client. I loved that one. And, and I love it because I've never thought of that before. And so what you're saying is if you really want to have clients you enjoy and you love, be that client yourself. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you, and of course, I didn't prepare you for this. I'm sorry. But I, I do want you to maybe leave the audience with some gem that you have inside your head. Because anybody like you, April, that just has so much going on, and you can tell your personality is so vibrant and wonderful. What would you share as a last minute thought for people? Oh, goodness. Yes, that is. I am on the spot now. So for me, I would share, again, as you mentioned earlier, sometimes we, we get dealt a hand that we didn't expect. And in my life, that happened when I was diagnosed with a chronic illness. But that could be, you know, for others, it could be anything unexpected that happens, you know, the loss of a job or mm -hmm. something unexpected. But I always say that just because our life has changed doesn't mean that it's over. And so for me, when I got diagnosed with a chronic illness, yes, it, it changed my life, but it didn't end my life. And mm -hmm. on the contrary, I felt like I am where I am today because of that. So embrace it, learn to live with it and work with it. And, you know, we can't always control the storm, but we can learn That's to right. ride the waves. There you go. There's one of your wonderful, remarkable comments. That's what I was getting to, April, <laughs> putting you on the spot. What I want to leave the audience with today is if you do have a book and you write it, if you have a song in you, sing it. I mean, this is the only precious life we get. This is it. So when April started backing off of the book that is so, I mean, you hear how wonderful it's going to be and how helpful it's going to be to other people. It was really concerning because what did she start doing? Comparing herself. She started putting herself up against, who, who am I to do this? I know what that feels like. I've done it myself. So, April, I can't be more proud of you. This was a wonderful podcast, and I can't wait to have you back on when the book comes out. Thank you so much. I'm excited for that, too. Yeah. Goodbye, everyone. Until we meet again, it's Patricia Noel Drain. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you for your time. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for rating and reviewing. It really helps us. And it helps us to know that you're there listening to it, that it's helpful to you. If you want more, you want to go beyond this podcast, guess what? We have a Facebook community just waiting for you to join. It's called When Passion Meets Profit. Until we meet again, it's Patricia Noel Drain.